The following Dharma talk was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The speaker is Mark Nunberg, guiding teacher at Common Ground. Our attempt to look at what's called in the Buddhist tradition the wings of awakening, these lists or models or expressions of our practice that the Buddha used. And the Buddha talked about practice in different ways because, you know, for different personalities and different emphases that we can bring to our practice. And so it's really this spectrum of teachings that we cover over six years. But any one particular teaching really, if we develop it, will take us to all the other teachings. So we don't don't feel like you have to memorize everything or master everything. <coughs> We're really hearing these different teachings, exposing ourselves to these different teachings to illuminate something that's internal anyway. And there are a lot of people who have spent life a lifetime mastering intellectually the teachings, and they may have tremendous intellectual knowledge, and it might be beneficial in a lot of ways, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're free or that they're happy. What makes us free or happy, liberated, wise, and loving human beings is... In the studying, the studying is actually illuminating or revealing something that's here. In a sense, hidden by our habit energies, but here. So we're, you know, we come together like this for the Buddhist studies class to study, to practice, to learn from each other, but all really as a way to keep illuminating, revealing this, let's say, this intuition. You could say this intuition is has something to do with uh, some faith or some confidence that life, having responsibilities, having a body, having a conditioned mind, doesn't have to be a burden. And our ordinary experience, if, if it's like mine, is that life is often a burden. It's often a challenge having responsibilities or having to manage having a body or manage having relationships to feed ourselves, to clothe ourselves, and uh, let alone dealing with our cultural conditioning. So it often feels like a burden, and yet somehow we have a sense, an intuitive sense, that it doesn't have to be that way. And we've actually, some of us at least, and maybe most of us or all of us, we've had moments being a person with responsibilities, with a conditioned mind, with a body, and in those moments, it wasn't a problem. The problems, uh, the ordinary problems we associate with being a human being just weren't there. So what's that about? And those moments feed this intuition that There is a way of being radically engaged with the life we have, not the life we want, but the actual life we have, all the messiness of the life we have, the imperfections of the mind and body that we have, the imperfections of the world we inhabit. There are moments where we sense that I can be engaged, I can be alert, awake, without being burdened 
And so that's really the purpose of these teachings. It's not so much a, you know, this idea of perfection, that we engage these teachings to become perfect human beings, some perfect version of ourselves. As much as it is, we engage these teachings, we learn them, maybe memorize some of it, (coughs) reflect on it, share our experiences as we develop or study and reflect on these teachings. We share our experiences with each other in order to reveal a great, unshakable ease with life as it is, with the conditions as they are. Which doesn't mean we don't try to make the world a better place or our own personality a better personality. It just means we're doing that not because we have to be perfect, or, but because it's our joy to do it. Right? So we can make the world, make our personality more beautiful, but not because we neurotically need the world to be other than the way it is or need the personality to be other than the way it is. <clears throat> so we, um, as a program here at Common Ground, this Buddhist Studies series, these series of courses, this is an 11-week class. Um, normally we have two, one for the winter, one for the spring, but I'll be on retreat and teaching for a large part of April and early May. So we're just combining two classes into one 11-week class where we'll be doing this study of the uh, third and fourth foundation of mindfulness, the central teachings of the Buddha. I'll talk more about that tonight. So we're doing this study, and it's really set up for people who have a commitment, like enough intuition, enough confidence that they want the practice to be front and center in their lives. So there's actually a criteria. It's always a little weird or uncomfortable establishing a prerequisite or a criteria for a class um, because we, you know, the whole point is to make these teachings accessible. But in terms of the conversations that we have together, we want people who are committed to practicing, not just studying, but actually practicing. So we say, and you maybe notice this in the description on the website or on the newsletter, that people have a commitment to daily practice. Now, uh, we understand, I understand that people aren't going to sit every day, but you're here because you have a commitment to sit every day. Right? So, make that true. <laughs> or, get involved in some of the other programs at the center. The other prerequisite or criteria is that you've gone on three uh, mindfulness retreats. They can even be half-day retreats. Sometimes people really want to be in the class and they've only done one or two, and I, but they're planning to do the next two, do it the next day-long retreat or the next couple of retreats, and that's okay. But you should be meeting that criteria pretty soon of having done at least three half-day retreats. Now, some of you have done well over 100 days of residential retreat practice. Maybe some of you have done 200 days of residential retreat practice. But So this is another relatively arbitrary criteria, but if 
you feel like you're really committed and this is really central in your life and you've really expressed that commitment by engaging the forms that the Buddha shared with us, then come talk to me if you don't meet that sort of relatively arbitrary, those relatively arbitrary prerequisites. But we, you know, on purpose are creating a program for people who are practicing and see the value in sitting down, right, this form we call meditation, sitting down and using the mind to study the mind, not thinking about the mind, not studying the mind with readings or concepts or listening to talks, but in this non-conceptual way, using awareness or shining the light of awareness back on the mind itself. So we're actually studying our subjective experience of the heart and mind. And often through the gateway of studying the body, which I'll talk about in a moment. Just a couple nuts and bolts for the new folks. We have a optional sit from 7 to 7.25, so please don't enter the room during that time period. Wait, if you get here by 7, 7.05, feel free to come on in. If you're here after 7.05, wait until 7.25. I'll ring the bell. It's a time then to come on to, into the room. It's nice to wear your name tags when you're here. You might want to make a permanent name tag for yourself. Um, those supplies are under the shelf in the lobby. And then especially the week, we have small group meetings where your name tag. So that's week two, week four, week six, week eight, week ten. And small groups are not optional, so don't miss those weeks because you don't want or sneak out because you don't want to be part of the small groups. If you're doing the Buddhist studies, that means you're willing to sit down in groups of three and speak directly from your practice as best you can around the themes that we're studying, what that looks like, what's challenging about it, what you're learning, what kind of freedom are you experiencing, what kind of resistance are you experiencing in that study, in that developing that those teachings in your heart. I'll talk more about the small groups next week when we have our first small group session. So there is a commitment to being here now, some of you will have business commitments or family commitments. You won't be able to come every Monday. So the commitment means, the commitment we have together is if you can be here, you come. You don't stay home because you're tired. You might stay home because you're sick or you have a family commitment or a business commitment, but not because you don't want to be here. So that means we're making this commitment to each other tonight, right now, silently, you know, we're all green. It's not easy getting here, especially nights like tonight. But we want to do this together, and it isn't easy to do this kind of work alone. So we make that commitment. That means probably week 11, the room should look like this. Right? Right? So if you don't think you can do it, now again, it's okay. Some people have a lot of business commitments or family commitments that can't be changed. And they may miss several Mondays, and that's totally okay. You shouldn't not come because you'll be have business or family or you get sick. But you should want to do it enough that it gets on top of every other priority list, you know, except when 
you have obligations that can't easily be changed. Uh, Dave Halsey organizes our program hosts. Dave, will you raise your hand? Yeah, you can see Dave afterward. If you'd like, he'll train you in. It just means that somebody is here early. Make sure the room gets set, set up. The Donna, the donations get put away right. The building gets closed up. Or they wor- like if I'm here a little late, I'll close up, but do some of the closing up before they take off. And Dave will show you what that's all about. That's a nice way to give back. It'd be nice for one of the more experienced people to give a short five-minute Donna talk about how the system of donations work at the center. You can just see me if you'd like to do that sometime later in the course. I'll be putting the reading materials up on the website, which means you need to be part of the Google group, the Buddhist Studies Google group. Um, You can always unsubscribe to that group. If you haven't been in the Buddhist Studies before, you're not in the Google group for the Buddhist studies, which means not only should everybody sign their name that they're here tonight, but the people who are new or who haven't been put into the Google group before, print your email very neatly for me, and either I or one of our volunteers will get you in that group very shortly. But in the meantime, sometime tomorrow, I'll have updated our web page with the readings and you can go there and do some study. I sent everyone who's currently on the web, uh, on the Google group, I sent you an email today, this afternoon about 5 o'clock. Um, so if you're already on the email list and you put your email down on that sheet, put a line through it so I or somebody doesn't go through the effort of re-putting your email into the Google group system. That just makes extra work. Does that make sense? Any questions about that? So if you don't get an email by the middle of the week, it means you're not in in the Google group and that you should send me or Gabe at CommonGroundMeditation.org an email. You don't mind putting them in, Gabe? Thanks. So any nuts and bolts questions people have about the course? Yeah, Brooks. No, they're they'll all be online, and I'll have that updated tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did bring some books. Um, you can take a look at at the end. Uh, some you can get online, and some you can purchase. And I'll just leave them up here for people who want. Um, some more concrete references for your practice over the years and the years ahead, you might want to track down these books. Got anything else? Nuts and bolts? So let's do this chant. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, yeah. So people who might need assistance hearing better, um, Gay purchased uh, some good uh, headphones and they're wirelessly plugged right into the PA system. So you can just get them. They're in a box on the shelf in the closet. You can just get here a couple of minutes early and get yourself a set. And uh, if you have any questions, Scott or probably Gabe, you know how to w- they work. Yeah, probably a few other people in the room know how they work. So let's do our chant. And so what will normally happen at 7.30 is we'll 
settle in. We'll do this chant. There will be a guided meditation using some of the themes that we're studying. Then a talk and discussion. Every other week, small groups for the last half an hour. And for those who are new, um, the refuge chant is something that's done in all the different traditions of Buddhism. And it's basically aiming the mind toward what is actually trustworthy. So it's not meant to be some empty ritual. You know, it is in a foreign language. Pali, the language spoken at the time of the Buddha, around the time of the Buddha. But it that's just as a way of connecting with all people who have found these teachings really valuable over the centuries because we all chant in the same language. But basically we're acknowledging this refuge of Buddha, knowing Dhamma, releasing, expressing Sangha. So we're taking refuge in Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. And like I mentioned earlier, this is pointing to something that's real right here. You may not associate what's real right here with those three words, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, but you can just substitute your own words or just learn to associate the wakeful quality of the mind with Buddha, right? This wakeful quality, do you have to do something right now to make the mind clearly aware? It's just a matter of abandoning distraction and that bright mirror-like quality of the mind, it's right there. It's really, as we study it more and more, it's amazing. And we learn to recognize it as a great refuge. We take refuge in this effortless presence, clear, bright, unstainable presence or clarity or awareness of the mind. And that's what we mean by Buddha, not somebody who lived 2,500 years ago who talked really clearly about that or pointed to that, but the direct, immediate experience of Buddha. And what does Buddha do? What does that clear awareness do? It's capable of opening to the way things are. That's Dharma or Dhamma, the way it is, the conditions as they are actually expressing themselves in the heart and mind right now. Sensation as sensation, thought as thought, sight as sight, sound as sound, touch as touch, emotion as emotion, just as it is. So Buddha, that wise presence, is, we say, is what knows how to be intimate with Dharma, the way it is, the conditions, circumstances, the way it is right now. And when there's that kind of integrity, that kind of intimacy of Buddha knowing Dhamma, it's possible then the expression of our life is possible to be beautiful. It's possible to live, to respond, to engage in a beautiful way. This is what we mean by Sangha. Sangha is that beautiful or enlightened engagement with the world. And it comes when you see it in another person or see it in yourself, when you see sangha in yourself or another person, what you'll notice is it comes out of that intimacy of clear mind, being clearly aware, intimate with the way it is, and then only then really do we know how to respond, what to say, when to keep our mouth shut, how to show up, how to be compassionate, how to be skillful. Right, So we 
we see that as a refuge, that that skillful engagement, it's not only beautiful, it's a refuge. Right? So we take refuge in the clarity. We take refuge in what that clarity can be intimate with, the conditions as they actually are. And we take refuge in the beautiful engagement that comes out of that kind of intimacy of Buddha knowing Dhamma. So this is the refuge. And in our own mind, as we're chanting together, it's really beautiful to sing, and we slow it down when we sing here at the beginning of the Buddhist Studies class. We slow it down because it's a nice community feeling to sing that together and to know that I'm not the only one who really values this dynamic of Buddha, knowing Dhamma, expressing Sangha. I'm with other people who realize that there are more important things than big cars or amazing electronic devices or the accumulation of knowledge or all these things that we think are going to make us happy. And we're, in a sense, together as a community, reorienting our life to something that's always here and now, always available, no matter how miserable the exterior, the uh, external rather, conditions of our life might be, we can always take refuge in Buddha, knowing Dhamma, and that beautiful expression of Sangha, really showing up, engaging in a beautiful way, a wise way, a kind way. What could get in the way, actually prevent these refuges from arising for us? Only forgetfulness or only distractedness or superficiality. As uh, Thich Nhat Hanh says, forgetfulness is the only enemy. Right? Distraction, mindlessness is the only enemy. There are no other evildoers. Right? So that's why we sing this at the beginning of our classes. And it really aligns us with all of the women, all of the men, all of the folks who have been inspired by these teachings through, you know, different corners of this planet over all these decades, centuries, we align together. So we're kind of placing ourselves and uh, in really letting that faith energy, like there have been women and men who have done this before us. It can be done. There can be real freedom because we have the, you know, the histories of these people who have found a skillful, happy way of being in this conditioned realm, conditioned by our bodies, by our cultures, by our and all the limitations of this experience of being a human being. So we line, align ourselves with those who have found value in these teachings. So let's do this, and don't worry about the pronunciation. You'll hear it a few times, and you'll pick it up. So we'll do this, and then we'll have a short set. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.